You know, we hear nurse scheduling, but really it's not the scheduling, it's nurse staffing. Being able to do demand forecasting, something like weather, flu season, transportation, bringing in all those components that will really work at optimizing the staffing for that healthcare system. Hi, I'm Marianne Bohr with Hims. In this episode, we're sitting down with Dr. Christine Perales, Global Digital Health and Life Science Practice Lead for Quantify, and Raul Gata, Head of Worldwide Partner Development for Healthcare and Life Sciences Data Analytics for Amazon Web Services. And today, we'll be talking about how healthcare organizations can empower healthcare workers with AI and data. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Quantify and Amazon Web Services for sponsoring this podcast. And thanks for joining us today, Dr. Perales and Raul. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Now, why do you feel that the industry is focusing on AI-driven health equity applications that can impact healthcare and life science workers? Yeah, when we look at health equity, that's across the board. It includes our workforce because if they're not at the top of their performance in health and well-being, then it's very difficult for them to, to perform well at work. So identifying their needs and being diverse and inclusive to their needs as a workforce, then we're really not being fully performing in delivering the care because our workforce is weakened. So AI in this case will give us sufficient data to offload some of the redundant work that they're doing to enable them to use AI-driven solutions, wearables, IoT, giving them the ability to have data at their fingertips to reduce the burden and stress. Because when we reduce burden to the health worker of performing a, a task, then that means we're reducing the stress uh, level that they have. If they're able to perform um, a procedure, if they're able to communicate and collaborate easily based on data that AI is delivering to them, then that's empowering them to do their work more efficiently and not having to do burdensome work that's unnecessarily, really. Fantastic. Now, how does AWS support integration of third-party data sets, such as social determinants of health, that are essential for advancing health equity initiatives? I would say in this specific context, the one service I would like to point out is AWS Data Exchange. So we created AWS Data Exchange to help our customers easily find, subscribe, and use third-party data in the cloud. Uh, it is the only data marketplace with more than 3,500 products as of today from over 300 different providers, with several hundred of these products being healthcare specific. So these data sets are delivered through files, APIs, or Amazon Redshift queries directly to the data lakes, applications, analytics, and machine learning models that may need to use it. With AWS Data Exchange, you can streamline all third-party data consumption from existing subscriptions which uh, you can migrate at no additional cost to you or the provider to future data subscriptions and all in one place. 
This service is, I would say, very secure, compliant, and fully integrated with other AWS data analytics services and even several third-party tools. So to make life easier, it even offers consolidated subscription management and billing. But really the reason we are doing this is by removing the friction of finding, procuring, and using relevant health data across global sources. AWS Data Exchange is enabling customers to quantify health outcomes, to accelerate research and clinical trial design, and to really understand patient sentiment and the determinants of health. And this is all possible from a single cloud interface to easily find, subscribe, and literally use hundreds of healthcare and life sciences data sets and APIs to generate that evidence, identify trends, accelerate research, and optimize operations. I see. Now let's talk about promoting the empowerment of healthcare workers. Now, how can their non-clinical workload be removed and their workflow automated? Well, by leveraging what Raul just mentioned and being able to to bring in third-party data as well, it really brings to the health worker the opportunity not to be, you know, something very common that the health worker does is chase. They always have to chase and be after things. And bringing in that capability of including third-party data and automating processes and workflows. Uh, uh, an example is hospital throughput. What we hear from our customers around that is, you know, we just modernized our ED, but we're still having the same problems. We have people in the hallway and it's because our discharges, one customer told us, our, our patients we've, uh, that we can't discharge, we're calling them residents now. And it's because of that interface with something that uh, Rule mentioned is that third-party data outside of the hospital and how do you better communicate and coordinate with that and make that an automated process that identifies the needs of this particular patient, the SDOH of it, and the personalized data, and how do we take that and preemptively identify gaps and start working on them automatically and triaging them to the right people. That will offload a lot of work to the clinical worker that's non-clinical, but still relates to it and assist in workflow automation. Absolutely. Now, how does uh, social determinants of health and personalized data, how do those empower healthcare workers? And what are some other industry use cases that can be transferred to healthcare workers? Well, social determinants of health and personalized data, that 360 view, brings now a focus area that really gives us data points to better understand the population that we serve. And by doing so, by identifying that population and and what their needs are and what their gaps in care are, it really helps in defining how we deliver those services. If we're, we're talking about a payer market, for example, where you look at the provider network and you look at the benefits. By identifying the the population, their social determinants of health, personalizing the particular population that you're working with, you can identify gaps in providers. Maybe you don't have the right providers to address the needs of those patients, language, culture, location. 
also personalizing it. For example, with women that are diagnosed with probably breast cancer or benign tumor, certain cultures, they have fear of that and they don't do the follow-up. Being able to personalize it and identify those needs and overcome them, that offsets a lot of the running around that people have to do. One industry that is being transferred because it's relatable, one of the things that hoteling and, and media do is they, they look at their audience, they look at the population, and they micro-target that population to their needs. They're very adept of identifying what that population needs, their customers. So when we hear the consumerism of healthcare, it's not that we're monetizing on it. It's being able to micro target and say, these are the specific needs of the population that we need to serve and automate and standardize the process around that to better serve that population. Imagine a luxury brand uh, like the Ritz or the Mandarin Hotel, where everything is very tailored around that VIP guest. So it's, it's that same type of model where your patients become a VIP, where your employees become a VIP and you serve their needs as well. That also helps in reducing attrition. That also helps in being a place to come to work. In this current environment where we're seeing a shortage of healthcare workers, we want to retain and recruit as many as we can. And being able to have those pieces in there really attracts and retain the quality resources we need to deliver care. Yes, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. Now, let's talk about orchestrating the ecosystem. Where should you start to assess where you should focus your efforts first? I'm a physician, but I have great respect for the nurses. They're the engine that runs everything. In a hospital system, I would start at really looking at the nurse workflow. You know, we hear nurse scheduling. Uh, but really, it's not the scheduling, it's nurse staffing. And being able to do demand forecasting, something like weather, flu season, uh, transportation, bringing in all those components that will really work at optimizing the staffing for that healthcare system. And then the second phase would be looking at the population that they serve and what what are the needs of those population? What are the gaps? So, so to orchestrate the ecosystem is looking at where your gaps are outside of the system and bringing those third parties in. Is it a payer? Is it a, is it a community-based organization? Is it a care stakeholder? How do you bring all that in and work together rather than in silos that would be in the payer and the provider market um, but in the in the payer really it's not much different except that with the payer they really need to start looking at their benefits and their providers and those third parties to fill in the gap when they don't have coverage so extending it to that next step we don't cover this service, the population or the member needs this. Who do we tap 
or, or who do we refer this, this member to, to cover that gap? Excellent. Now, what types of external healthcare data sets are available through the AWS Data Exchange and what use cases do they enable? Well, currently available social determinants of health data examples, I would say, include socioeconomic status, employment data, healthcare access data, and many more. As I said earlier, there are hundreds of these data sets available through the AWS Data Exchange. The other popular data set I see all the time is patient reported outcomes data. And in I would say in a combined manner, these data sets can be used in use cases such as identifying barriers uh, to healthcare access, market segmentation, and therapeutic journey analysis required to advance equity in trials and care delivery, and really to over the long term to improve uh, health of populations uh, all across the country and, and the world. Absolutely. Now, how do you even define and start projects focused on empowering healthcare professionals? You have to start by doing an assessment. Sometimes the squeaky wheel gets the work done is is not the right way of starting. The right way of starting is doing an assessment and basing it off of facts and evidence that we see. Sometimes, you know, the example I gave previously, oh, let's solve the problem of ED, let's modernize the ED, but nobody thought of the floor. The actual issue was moving up to the floor and the floor had a backlog. So doing an assessment of the different areas is the first way of starting then identifying what are those high priority areas that the high priority is the many different touch points that they have across the ecosystem. Well, in conclusion, how do you see AI-driven health equity aligning with the NCQA's health equity accreditation and accreditation plus, as well as with the UN WHO sustainability commitments, the ESGs and SDGs that are made by healthcare and life science organizations? This is a very complex process. The sustainability model uh, defined by, by the UN is 17 different sustainable development groups in environment, social, and governance. Um, we hear from our customers across the board, everybody says the same thing. Sustainability and health equity is in everything that we do. And it is complex because it's, it's 17 factors and within each one of those factors in the SDGs, there's, there's multiple levels. AI is the enabler that empowers these specific actions that need to take place to respond to the different needs of the population. To achieve that society 5.0, if you, if you want to take it to, to that level, to achieve that level where we have a digital health system versus a sickness system, where there's a, a lot more prevention. I'm on a group um, in Asia that we talk about aging um, active and aging well. And it's all around bringing in IoT, bringing in the AI, bringing in the information to self-manage. The CMS has come out with with 10 codes around health equity. And the NCQA accreditation, HEDIS accreditation, is looking at payers and looking to see how they are addressing health disparities and how they're addressing social determinants of health. And the accreditation plus is what we were speaking about 
earlier about orchestrating that ecosystem. Who else needs to be involved? How do I cover the gaps? Where, where do I drop off and who do I need to go into the community and have them support that? Like uh, Raul mentioned, the amount of data within AWS uh, data exchange. There's third-party data around publicly available resources. There's also community-based resources. So bringing all of that in to play is very complex and you need AI to support that and use the analytics and have a, a machine learning loop back. With Quantify, we've created the health equity engine. Everybody's talking about segmentation, stratification. Yes, that's important. We have Persona 360 for that. But what happens when you get the actionable insights, right? Oh, yeah, we have actionable insights. Our customers are coming and saying, okay, what do I do with that? How do I implement it? How do I use it? So we divide it into action and, to, and insights, and we ignite those insights and tie it into to the community, tie it into um, those third parties that will enable that individual, that patient, that member to access all available health provided for them. So it could be therapeutics, it could be mobile units. So it's activating that ecosystem of third parties to fill in the gaps because we know the hospital has services. We know the payer has benefits where we're having an issue is on those gaps and that's where people are falling through. And we can't leave out environment and we can't leave out governance. We need the governance in there to implement these programs and the environment is also involved because depending on where they are, that will impact their health, that will impact their access to, to healthcare. So it's it cannot be siloed, it has to be all together. And that's why we're calling it orchestrating the ecosystem. And AI and ML are, are the only tools to help us do this efficiently and effectively. Well, Dr. Perlaz and Raul, thank you so much for joining us today and for both of your insights. And special thanks to Quantify and Amazon Web Services for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day.